Hey everybody, this is Random Chatterings episode 32.5. I'm Arlo Rodriguez and welcome everyone to the year 2016. I say this as I'm recording in February. Apologies. I have been trying to find a place to record at my university and apparently the only place I can do it is in the basement. So and there's not much I can do about that. And even with that, I also must apologize in advance because there's a bit of a hissing sound above my head. I don't I think it's a heater or something. And there's not much I can do about that. But um, let's move on to the whole point of me even saying hello, happy 2016. Because 2015 was a very difficult year, as I mentioned over and over and over again. But on top of the difficulty, there was also some moments where I could have got some peace and quiet and enjoy some aspects of pop culture. So much like a lot of people did in the first week of January, in the first week of February, I will be talking about what I thought was the best of 2015. Now, of course, I don't want to be here for too long, so we're going to limit it to five things. So here are my five favorite things from 2015. Number five, Bojack Horseman. Okay, so yes, technically Bojack Horseman was from 2014, but as a lot of people mentioned, it was in the middle of the first season when people really started getting why Bojack Horseman was a good series, and the second season kind of just amplified all of that in many different ways that made it much more enjoyable. And it was, I mean, when you have a series that's only about 12 episodes and the, and you're watching it under the Netflix idea of binging as many shows as possible, it's very easy to, to binge a show. And I found it very, very easy to binge BoJack Horseman. I didn't know anything about the show other than that I just heard a lot about how it's about depression, it's about pressure from the outside world, and it's also about animals. <laughs> It kind of has like those kinds of visuals and those kinds of like uh, animal puns like you'd see in other shows, but it's amplified to such an extent. But what I really appreciate about BoJack Horseman, and it was something I didn't think about at the time until I started noticing how the show structured itself, is continuity. And you get to see how the characters develop, or in BoJack Horseman's case, not develop <laughs> in one way or another. And I don't mean, and I'm not saying that to be rude, but it's just that's the kind of character that BoJack Horseman is. He's self-destructive, he's an alcoholic. And he just doesn't seem to be able to find any kind of satisfaction with himself and with others. Bojack Horseman is not the only character. There's also Todd, his roommate. There's Diane, the author. There's Mr. Peanut Butter, who actually is a golden retriever. And there's a bunch of other characters. I just, I just can't remember them right now. But they all have a continuous storyline that develops. And with all the twists and turns, you start to learn more about who these characters are, what makes them tick. I'll admit, and I know maybe a lot of people will be upset with me, but I didn't like Mr. Peanut Butter at first because of how superficial he seemed, but he, he definitely grew on me as the series continued. And that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of love-hate relationship you'll have with each character. You'll realize that there's things that make them great, and then there's things that drag them down and almost kind of defeats them as as a character. They they are true characters. They're not, they're, I guess you could kind of say they're caricatures because of the kind of animals that they are, and that's kind of, that's actually a pretty clever thing. Like when there's episodes about how their traits as animals, and it's actually a mixture of humans and animals. I should have mentioned that earlier, but I didn't. <laughs> but then actually that kind of plays into how the characters interact in this very weird world that, that we're watching. It's a very, very clever series, but I guess just because maybe the humor doesn't hit all the time, that's probably why I'm leaving it as my... Definitely one of the good, a really great series, but definitely not, not quite up there in terms of my best of 2015. Even though, yes, the technically, yes, the series came out in 2014. I discovered it in 2015, so that's why it's on my list. All right? Are we good? We cool? We cool. <laughs> number, 
<laughs> number four! And I swear to god, this is not a joke. Number four is Honey Pop. <laughs> okay, it's time for me to talk about Honey Pop. I've been waiting for a special occasion, but that special occasion never came, so I'm talking about Honey Pop. What is Honey Pop, you would say? And if you already know what it is, then you know why I'm talking the way I am right now. Honey Pop is a, um, pretty simply, a dating sim puzzle RPG. In the game, you go on dates with various characters, three of which are unlockable. And the way a date works is that you play a matching game kind of like Bejeweled. If you match this, a certain amount of gems under a limited amount of moves, and you win the date, and then you have opportunity to improve the relationship. Now, the reason why I'm hesitating to talk about this game is because it's a bit of a joke on the internet that people that play Honey Pop are supposed to be single people that don't have contact with anyone else. I say fi, because I have not had so much fun with a game. And I wouldn't be admitting openly, especially on a forum as open as this one, that I even played this game without the, ju the justification that it was a fun game. And I, as of now, I have played it to completion three times. And because what makes it really, really addicting is the fact that you can get date gifts and the date gifts kind of changed how the game is played. There's like a lot of other aspects of this game that I'm skipping over, really racy ones admittedly, because uh, you I mean, what does dating lead to? <laughs> hey, <clears throat> but the reason why I think it's such a great game other than the other things, is because because of that limited amount of moves that you have to really strategize like which, which gems you should complete and how exactly can you build up the right amount of affection so that you can complete your date. And and at some points it gets really, really close, like almost like down the wire when you have five moves left and you have to think, okay, what can I, what, what should I move now and where? There's a lot of strategizing you can do. The date gifts kind of add in a little extra depth because you can have um, date gifts that can either change the the broken hearts, which would probably, which would reduce your affection meter. You can use that to transform it into hearts, which kind of, which ups your passion power, which is basically your combo multiplier. And you can have an item that just turns all those broken hearts into bells. There's a lot, a lot of ways to approach it. And there admittedly is one item that does break the game a little bit because you also have a sentiment meter and the sentiment is what allows you to use your date gifts. There is an item that if you use that and you use up all your sentiment, it actually builds up a huge amount of affection. And I, I've i actually tried to go on a run without this item, like on the, just doing a run without this item because it kind of makes the game not easier, but a little more, it's, it's kind of like a net that you can drop on if things go badly. But um, <laughs> I mean, you can research the game yourself, look it up, and then realize why I'm hesitating so much to talk about it. But hey, if I've played it three times, then that's gotta mean something. And admit it, but I will admit that the next game is coming up by this creator, Honeycam, does not really appeal to me in the slightest. So, Honeypop 2, that's, that's what I'm really waiting for. All right, now I never have to talk about this game ever again. It's great, but when you actually look up what it is, you'll see why, why I've hesitated so much to talk about it. Number three! Number three. Number three is Creed. It is the seventh film in the Rocky series, and weirdly enough, it's the second Rocky film I've ever, I've ever seen, the first one being the first Rocky, made in 1976. Michael B. Jordan stars as Apollo Creed's son, and Sylvester Stallone is in the supporting role uh, as Rocky, the reliable boxer. And what what's kind of amazing about this movie was just how it respects the history that came before it, even the more ridiculous aspects of it, because every part of the Rocky storyline is canon in this film. It adds on to the mythos 
of the series, and they do it with respect, even though, well, you could also say this about Force Awakens, which I won't be talking about, even though um, it would have definitely been, if it wasn't for Creed and and then Bojack Horseman, it pro probably would have been in my top five. Um, unlike in Force Awakens, you could claim that Creed is a, is a remake, except that there's enough, it goes on expanding the story beyond what's already been established. You start getting a different appreciation for characters that you thought you really knew, and and to be completely fair, I think Sylvester Stallone um, earned his nomination. I think it's one of the best performances I've seen him in in a very, very long time. And he treats, and it, it's very clear that he wouldn't have done this movie if he didn't believe in the material, in the script. And he, it, it, it's like a very heartwarming, but difficult performance. On top of that, Michael B. Jordan is fantastic as as Creed. Maybe you could say his character is a little more simplified, but you start to really catch up onto his his difficult journey of I'm trying to get out of my father's shadow. I love boxing, but I don't want to I don't want to just be Creed's son. I want to be myself. I want to I want to establish myself as a not just as a dominant boxer, but as a human being. And a few other things about Creed that I will mention, though, because I think someone told me after we watched it, why did you like it so much? And I kept thinking, I can't really think of the reasons. I should, as a student filmmaker, I usually try to think about the filmmaking techniques, but this is a very classical Hollywood film where you're not supposed to see those kinds of tricks, except in certain scenes. Obviously, in certain scenes, like the infamous five-minute scene in the first the first professional boxing match he has against this boxer and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be filmed like a long take which is just it's just incredible and it also the film makes you really patient because there's a lot of scenes like that there's some scenes that just keep building suspense that feel like they go on for a very long time but they're it feels just about right because it's building atmosphere and it's building tension and it's just it was just really caught me by surprise because i didn't i had expectations for this film but not the ones that i where i would be putting this on my top three and yes, I well, maybe I'll say this for number one, but I do think Creed is definitely a very admirable effort of of continuing the Rocky story, even if it wasn't exactly through Rocky. And well, I mean, I guess I would like to see a sequel, but it seems like this movie just felt so complete as it was and actually closed up everything really well, I think, that I don't know if it would be worth Maybe just because maybe more people want to see Michael B. Jordan, but I think that we could probably leave it as it is, even though, yes, I'm saying that, and this is the seventh film, so they're probably going to make another one, but Creed was a surprise. And it'll be a surprise for those who don't even pay attention to Rocky movies. It's, it's very much worth your time. Number two is Freedom Planet. Now, I have already done a podcast about Freedom Planet before, so I will keep this very brief and short. Freedom Planet is an exciting tribute a successor of the 16-bit platformer action genre, the, ga the games that you love playing on the Genesis, the games you love playing on the SNES. You can get to play as three characters, and the three characters, they have their own strengths and weaknesses. And actually, as of this recording, I actually like playing Mila better, Mila the dog, because you can actually find a way to use her, her barrier ability to kind of manipulate the way that you can defeat bosses, and the bosses actually become a lot easier, and you can actually get some pretty fast speedrun times. I'm sorry if you don't even know what Freedom Planet is and this makes no sense. I'll put a link in the description to this the Freedom Planet episode so you can have a little bit more uh, detail and a taste of what Freedom Planet is. And just because I love the game so much, I'll even put in a YouTube link so you can actually see visually what it is. And I'm, I'm very, very excited that there's going to be a second one. 
they've already released some some press saying what kind of game it is and what visually it's going to look like and it's supposed to kind of go beyond the Sonic-ish look that the first game had and it's actually going to kind of look like even like a 32-bit game which is a very ambitious thing to do the characters look like they've matured the story's taking place a couple years after the first one and I'm very very excited except for one thing it's coming out in 2017 Am I, am I even going to have time to play video games in 2017? What am I going to be doing? I'll be a production assistant and I'll be doing shit work, probably. So, <sighs> But, um, yeah, like I said before, you can just check out everything I said about Freedom Planet before, but it's it was such an incredible experience that I am including it as number two on this list. And finally, we are at number one, Inside Out. Uh, a movie just... just full of creativity, full of imagination, wonderful performances, just such a beautiful film that I had to scrap a podcast episode about it because I thought I did not say enough about this film. And I won't have enough to say about it now, especially since I'm trying to limit myself to just talking about it for three minutes. But essentially, it's a movie that I, I, I've, I really don't mean to keep bringing this up, honestly. But I was depressed for a little bit of time, and so watching how sadness dealt with, you know, with, with her being a part of the journey, um, trying to cope with, you know, her, um, the ways that she deals with life, it, I just connected. It, I just connected me so much, and I, it was just, I was just, this was a, I, I mean, I was expecting high things from this movie because it's Pete Doctor and it's Pixar, of course. So I, I would have to be expecting something incredible, but I, I. I did not expect that this film, even though I'm not saying anything about it, because honestly, I think it should be it should be discovered on its own by by all of you. I did not expect this to be not only just my number one uh, of 2015, but I didn't expect it to considerably be my favorite Pixar film of all time, or even my favorite film of all time. I of course I've, I say this after only seeing it once, and Toy Story, which is my favorite film, I've seen that hundreds of times. So time will tell if Inside Out can really hold up, but I think just because of how much I've been praising it as of now, the very human element of Riley, the little girl trying to cope with, you know, moving to a new place and trying to figure out how to cope with change. And similarly enough, the character's trying to cope with change, figuring out that Riley is no longer this, the happy 10-year-old that she was, and now she's 11 and she's growing. It really... Oh, man, I'm kind of feeling something right now. It was just, just a lot of things that I, I, I've had trouble dealing with myself, and I imagine that a lot of other people had trouble dealing with, and and and, um, and there's this film where I cried at least twice, and the crying felt earned. It felt like it was just right, and eventually. Maybe after seeing it a second time, I will I will do a full episode on it, or maybe we'll do a Pixar episode. I'll just need to find someone who would be willing to do that <laughs> um, so that we can give this film the respect that it truly deserves. But for now, I think it, it rightfully earned my spot as my number one pop culture thing of 2015. Honorable mentions, or maybe more dishonorable mentions, Yes, yes, I have not seen Mad Max Fury Road. Please don't hate on me. I wanted to see it in theaters. I really did. I looked up tickets in June. It was gone. It was completely gone. And May, I was in the bad place, so I couldn't see it in May either. I really want to see it. If I did see it, it would probably be number one. Maybe, but 
I'm glad that it's nominated for Best Picture. Just, just don't, like, not everybody sees what you see, what everybody sees. People have a different, like, kind of just seeing how diverse, well, diverse-ish this list was. In the same way that, I mean, if I'd seen a lot of other different films that came out this year, my list would probably be a lot different. So I, I really don't understand why people had to take it so personally when the movie that they really liked isn't on someone else's list of what they thought was the best. Because, I mean, even that term is just, it's just such a flash in the pan term, like the best. What is the best? What can possibly be the best? So honestly, please don't take it so personally that Mad Max Fury Road is not on the list. I, I will watch the movie eventually and then maybe I'll revise. I'm not revising the list. It's, this is what I currently feel. Maybe I'll include it in 2016 and then have another asterisk of, yes, I know it came out in 2015, but I'm including it anyway. So please don't kill me. And that was my list of my favorite things of 2015. This has been Random Chatterings. Um, I will definitely be recording more often now that I know that this room is actually usable and that it doesn't sound too bad. There will definitely be more episodes. Um, I'm still trying to figure out my school schedule. I'm still, that's still up in the air. And the next, um, the next full episode should actually be out pretty soon after this one. So as always, thanks for listening and have a good one.